Welcome to the podcast, Eddie P with my man Mike, episode 54 coming at you. We're going to start it off with Ryan Zimmerman's retirement, probably the best timing. Uh, Captain Zim, pretty much like you think baseball in D.C., that it's him. Uh, Upon being drafted, I think he maybe spent just a, a minute, and I mean a minute, in the minors before coming right up to the pros. Now, a lot of that was convenience with the fact that the Nats were losing 100-plus games, and they needed a spark, needed a reason to sell tickets, fill seats, what have you. But my man was just amazing. And you kind of have that Sean Taylor feel, the what if. The difference is he actually is still alive and still had a successful career. But, man, what a career, Mike. What a career. Yeah, um, Zimmerman is my my sister. Always called them her boo or something like that. Like she really, really liked them. Um, how can you how can you not appreciate his career? The first net, basically, um, just like Captain America was the first Avenger. Zimmerman was definitely the first national, and. Um, he he was there for he was there for it all, like we don't know a national scene without him. He was there through the struggles. He was there um, during during the rise. He was there during the 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 worst heartbreak that I've suffered as a Washington sport fan um, ever. Honestly, with the 2012 collapse of the Cardinals, um, and of course. He was there when we won it all. First Absolutely. ever national to hit a home run in the World Series. Like, come on, man. Um, it was an honor. Like, we, I'm telling you, bro, For we may not have won a lot of championships in D.C., but, man, we, we have seen some great talent come across in this city from Sean Taylor to Wall, Zimmerman, Ovechkin, like those are great talents that we've got to witness in their peak for our team. Yeah, and and you think about it too with uh, a lot of the off the field stuff, the charity. Even when he decided to sit out the COVID season, he was coming up with ways to donate for um, uh, what do you call it? Not uh, well, first responders too. But what's the term? I'm looking for here. Uh, I'm a um, I'm a, a whatever employee. Uh, Non-essential. I mean, essential. No, an, an essential employee. Yeah. I, Jesus, I don't know why I can think of that word. <laughs> yeah, he, he was just constantly surprising, but not surprising you, if that makes sense. Um, I want to get back to a little bit of his career because this is a sports podcast. We don't just want to sound like we're you know, having man crushes here. So drafted in 05. 05 draft was, uh, I believe, in June. So June, July, August, called up in September. Like I said, spent a brief moment in the minors. Comes up to the pros, and, you know, it. I wasn't even into baseball when he was drafted, but I had some friends who were. They grew up playing baseball. They liked it. It's kind of how I feel about basketball and football. And they would kind of, you know, educate me here and there, give me some, some cues because I just – it wasn't something I was into. And he instantly became my guy because – he was our young pick. He was 
most likely going to be with the team more than any of these other guys I was looking at. And he just, it was every game he wowed you. He'd make a diving catch, some kind of just crazy uh, uh, stop, turn to a double play, a throw to first. And a lot of people didn't get to see that because he, he suffered those shoulder injuries that caused him to have to go from third to first. And as much as that little arrow was kind of rough to deal with because he was still trying to tough it out at third, going through that to me almost adds like a little something extra to the career. You know, it's, it's in the movies where there's that, that moment of, of adversity and, and you don't know what's going to happen next. And then to show the kind of moxie and resilience and humility, he went out to the play in the outfield, made some plays there for, for just a minute or two when we needed, then goes to first base. The last few seasons was willing to rotate at first with him and Josh Bell, or um, I'm trying to remember my man, uh, Gerardo Parra, I think spent some time there as well as Howie Kendrick. So just the humility. And let, let's again, let's, let's talk about sports here. My man is not only a World Series champion, but he's a two-time silver slugger, 09 and 2010. Gold glove only one time in 09, and I, I, I get it. A lot of good third basemen, especially in the National League. You think of uh, Nolan Arenado, David Wright for a time early on in Zimmerman's career. Uh, only two All-Stars as well. But I got to look back, and I want to say it was maybe 2018 or 2019. The man, after going through various wrist and shoulder injuries, he hit like 36 home runs. And I want to say he batted in uh, – let me see here. Let me get down. I should be more prepared. My apologies. Let me see here. Goodness. 2021. All I know is the, the man's a baller. Like, it, you can see it in his career and how well he's respected. And I've always said this in, in previous episodes and just in talks when, when he comes up, the man's a DMV guy. He came from Kellum High School, which is in Virginia Beach. He grew up playing ball with the Upton brothers and David Wright, who I mentioned earlier. It then from Callum goes to UVA from UVA to the nationals. He has not played for any other team. So to play your whole career with one team, just a little short, you know, when you factor in injuries and then the COVID and stuff, but as a whole to spend his whole career here, be probably one of the most stand up guys, a class act. And if you notice too, that last game in Boston, which a lot of people think he, he like, yeah, I'm going to retire. Like he already, had a good hunch. Martinez made sure that he was the only one that walked out when it was their turn to take the field. And I mean, he's getting standing ovation from the Boston bench as well. Like that ought to tell you something when, when your opponents have that kind of respect for you. And this isn't a Bryce Harper. This isn't a, um, a Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. or a Manny Machado or, you know, any of these other, young it guys this is this is a uh you know a, a lunch pail hard hat kind of guy if you ask me all right and thanks for the memories brother and the so, fact that the red Sox were in a completely different league like it ain't like the red Sox and nats cross paths like that i mean sure nope. we played each other a series here every couple of years and whatnot but um yeah it's 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 tough, but I mean, it is what it is. Game recognized game. That that's future. that's all that is. Hopefully, the future is bright, but um, it's kind of sketchy at the moment. Juan Soto turned down that um, I think it was three hundred thirty million dollar, three hundred thirty nine, thirty three, something like that. 
Well, he's got uh, another two or three years on his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's two. It might be three. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, different things going through my head right now, but I, I think this is just one of those sort of negotiation tactics. Right. He didn't want to accept it now when he could maybe wait another year, get closer to 500 million because who knows? I mean, the money's only going to go up as of right now, barring some sort of craziness to happen. But, uh, but you know, Let's let's take that as a transition here because speaking of money, these owners, man, the the lockout. I'm hearing that, and this is kind of one where you don't view it as millionaires and billionaires fighting. A big reason for this lockout is what I'm hearing is the players are standing up for the little guy. For those of you who don't know, the minor leagues is a very unique animal. You have guys who might be there for a brief time period making tons of money, whereas you have other guys who that's probably as far as they're going to go, and they're not making that much. They have a regular job that they work in addition to, play, to playing in the minor league. And this goes the same with coaches. Now, again, there's always room for you to move up and room to move down, unfortunately. But what I'm hearing is that the owners don't want to pay the minor leagues. I don't, I don't know that they wanted to just do away with it as a whole. That wouldn't make sense because you would want to have this farm system for training players as well as sort of potentially something to hang over a guy's head to maybe, you know, hey, you can't just sit here and collect a big check. We're going to, you know, we're going to drop you down to the minors. You keep this up. So while it's, it's necessary for those two evils, you, you can't not pay somebody. And what I'm hearing is that's just where a lot of this starts. And there were rumblings of this going into the postseason last year where the owners are talking about wanting to only pay for three-fourths of a season instead of a whole season, just trying to cut corners wherever they can. And then it comes out some outrageous billion-dollar TV deal, and everybody's like, wait a minute. Y'all just told us you were broke. Like, it's money-making Mitch. I'm broke, baby. You know what I mean? Like, that, that that's what they did. And so – Pitchers and catchers were supposed to report two days ago. I, you know, when it was January, uh, okay. But now it's here, man. It, yeah. It's here. Who knows what's going to happen? I, um, there's nothing like cheap billionaires, bro. Like, they could easily break off a couple of mills. Absolutely. And it won't hurt them. And it'll better their sport. Like, it'll better the team. Like, what? what? <laughs> Stop being so cheap, man. And if you got to cut costs somewhere, then cut costs somewhere. But come on, don't don't sell the miners, man. Like, don't be some balance towards them dudes. And I can't speak for everywhere, but I did for a time work some, um, some uh, part-time security for the Potomac Nationals before they moved to Fredericksburg. And those guys hustle, man. They play hard. They're, they're not out there trying to, you know, be pretty boys and prima donnas and, you know, think that, like, I'm not going to try until I make it to the pro. No, those guys get down and get dirty. They, they lay it out. They play tough. And I got to be honest, too. Again, this is, this is specified to one experience in one place with one team. But the minors is awesome. It's so family friendly. It, you, you got all these different like games and, and things you can get into the, the prices aren't terrible. But when I look at the fact that the stands are filled and concessions are constantly just selling out of items, I know they're turning a profit. So I'm not saying that, you know, 
we need everybody rolling in and Escalades or w- whatever the nice car is these days, Maserati maybe or whatever, Lambo. We, we, I'm not saying that, but like, let's be real here, man. If, if you're up in the penthouse and I'm, I'm making you that money to get you in the penthouse and you got me in like a shack or a broom closet, give me a break, bro. Give me a break. And that's 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 all I'm saying. How can other leagues afford it or do better at it? And I know they're like, look at the NFL. Like, I know the NFL isn't generating as much money as I mean. I know Major League Baseball isn't generating as much money as the NFL, but it's not like they they're struggling. Like, not at they all. have the bread. Like, spread it out. And like you were saying, I think it was on the last episode. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if we were just talking, but um, they need to do something about the minor league system because it's just, it might be too deep. Like, they have, a, they have like, five levels of minor leagues, I feel like. Man, for three and a half – Something like that. It depends, you know, obviously richer, richer. I, I know for the Nats off the top of my head, because I think one might have changed. I think they lost the Syracuse minor league team and now they have a Fresno minor league team. That's the other weird thing is that your your minor leagues, like you would think that it would be Alexandria, DC, Baltimore, like places in the DMV that would feed to the Nats, uh, but it's not. You, you got the Fredericksburg Nats now, the Hagerstown Suns, I believe the Harrisburg Senators, and then I think the Fresno team. I can't remember their name off the top of my head. It used to be it was the Syracuse uh, – was it the Syracuse Chiefs? No. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was the Syracuse Chiefs. It was Syracuse. Yeah. That, well, what's weird is that that also, for a time, I believe, used to be the Braves minor league. Kind of weird that a team in our division that was somewhat a rival for just a time, or I guess you could say is – Kind of weird. But anyway, yeah, Syracuse no longer uh, are minor. I don't know how it is for every team. I know the Nationals used to be the Cannons, Baltimore, then Potomac, et cetera, et cetera. So couldn't tell you how that works. But it's unique. And I know basketball is trying to adopt it, obviously, with the G League, which makes sense. You know, especially in this day and age, people need jobs. It it provides jobs. But you ain't going to pay none of these people? Tripping. Unfortunately enough, the NBA rosters aren't like super deep. That's true. Like Fifteen is normal. You may have some that has as high as twenty when it comes to injuries and whatnot. But um, yeah, they can they can definitely do afford to do it. I don't think they'll have problems treating their players to the necessities. Um, gotcha. But that's it for that, man. Hopefully, Major League can get it together because, I mean, we need that sport. <laughs> it's the only sport in the summer. The we need now. that. Yeah, my birthday's in April, and, like, we usually start the season right around then, and I just – I always revel in it. You know, day or two before my birthday, we start a series. I get to hopefully watch a game on my birthday, and, and I love it. You know, obviously, I want my team to be good too, but, but just the fact, hey, it's baseball. It's the same way we felt at the start of football season. NBA and hockey, a little different, especially NBA. There's so many damn games. It's just like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it started. I would say more the Christmas lineup would have been like the exciting part maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, like you said, hopefully they get their acts together because everybody loses if they keep this up. 
Right. And um, we'll be right back and we'll talk about the Super Bowl. I know we didn't start off with it, but, um, you know, we needed to show some props to our guy. So shout out to Ryan Zimmerman and we're going to be right back. Don't go nowhere. Welcome back to Eddie and Mike, the podcast. And it was a nice Super Bowl. Like, mm, on a scale of one to ten, an easy six, seven, if you um, if you were fans of the teams, maybe. <laughs> but um, ten if you're Rams fans. And shout out to them for winning at 23 to 20 over the Cincinnati Bengals and I mean, the outcome was what we re- what we expected, but the score was definitely lower than what we expected. But somehow they still hit on the over. I think the over was forty two and a half, and it was forty three. And I'm telling you, bro, that's why everybody be like the NFL is rigged, man. Yeah, I know some people like that. Uh, Too many people involved for that to actually be true. It's just way too many. And you're going to tell me guys that, like, they get hurt on purpose? Is that that, that part of it too? Right. Hurt. So my my thing is I kind of felt like this is potentially what could have happened where – the Bengals put up a really good fight. I really I thought their defense came to play a lot more than I thought they would. But unfortunately, the Rams defense is the one that really came to play. And that kind of that that's kind of what made this game how it was, to be honest. There there wasn't a ton of drama, mostly because Von Miller and especially Aaron Donald were just causing all kinds of trouble. And you know, there's only so much you can do about that. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's what the game kind of reminded me of the wild card game versus the Buccaneers and the football team back in 2020. Washington was hanging with them, like, blow for blow the entire game. And then, like, the offensive line just broke. And that's exactly what happened with the Bengals. They were holding on as hard as they could. But when that fourth quarter came and they tired, and they've been fighting Aaron Donald, Von Miller all day, the dogs came to hunt. And you know, it was wild, bro. What that forfeit one? Jabbar Chase was wide open. I was just about to say that. If he could have just maybe, you know, a second or two longer and just chucked it up, had Jalen Ramsey on the ground. And I don't want to dog Jalen Ramsey because I really feel like he was ex- – he like, for that – look, it's no disrespect to Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. But T. Higgins grabbed Jalen Ramsey by the face mask and threw him down when he caught that touchdown. Like, if I'm Jalen Ramsey, I'm pissed. Like, that's the most yards I think he's ever given up in his career, and it happened to be in the Super Bowl. You could tell he was um, locked in, basically, in that game because if that was the regular season, boy, if somebody grabbed his face mask or the touchdown, he was oh, going yeah. to fight somebody. Especially Jalen, especially him. He was going to fight somebody. But um, Speaking of fight yeah. somebody, I think your boy Eli Apple is going to be trying to fight McCole Harmon and Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Headiness, bro. I mean, he, he asked look, for it. He, yes, he did ask for it. But, you know, sometimes, like, when you know someone asked for it and you know they're going to get what they asked for and then you still feel bad, that's kind of where I'm at. 
and and I'm I'm emphasizing the kinda because no disrespect to Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman, and and you could especially for Tyreek Hill, you could say he's a big part of this, but it's not like they're not benefiting from playing on the team they play with either. Because I, I think that's the argument here is that Eli Apple's on a team that just got hot and you had a lot of other guys making plays and he wanted to kind of like, he wanted to act like he was the man <coughs> that the game winning touchdown caught on you. Oh boy. He acts for that so bad. Like if I was a Bengals fan, I would be, Ooh, I would be pissed at him for just running this bag on mouth. He asked that. He asked for that so bad. Celebrity boxing, man. Let these guys do some stuff for charity. They they want to get it out of their system anyway. This way, they don't try to hurt each other during an actual game. Let them do it. Charity. Chalk it up. I can't believe I went set it up <laughs> this long without mentioning my guy Sean McVay. Shout out to him for winning his Super Bowl and his second appearance. Um, yeah. He's not going anywhere. Oh, no. I saw his wife post on Instagram. He's not, in all caps, not going anywhere. Why so would he? You could expect the Rams. want to leave L.A. You could expect the Rams to be back. And um, as far as the Bengals, you already know what their top target is this offseason. Um, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Others have said it since. They're going after Brandon Sheriff. Like you better believe that he's number one on their list right now. Um, I think the Rams are gonna. I mean, I don't know how with with the the big name guys. You know, the Ramseys, Donald, uh, Von Miller, et cetera. I don't know how how long all those guys are locked up for. But everything that I've heard, it, it seems like there's at least another year or two. I just don't see anybody really being in the Rams' way right now with Brady retiring the potential of Russ and Aaron Rodgers to leave. And you got to imagine that in both those cases for, for Russ and Rodgers, they don't want those. The Seahawks and the Packers do not want either of those guys traded in the NFC. They're going to try to send them to the AFC. I'm going to say this. I will stack the NFC with quarterback talent, but that's what I think would actually happen. Will, which will then leave the door wide open for the Rams to just steamroll everybody. Cause remember too, Kyler Murray's unfollowing everybody that's related to Arizona. <laughs> just to throw that nugget in there. <clears throat> Jimmy G, he's he's out the door in San Fran, so it's going to be the Trey Lance show. And he he'll, that'll be his first year as a starter. I mean, who who's who's the threat? You think um I don't I don't, I don't know, man. Like I will not pencil the Rams in for the Super Bowl next year. Okay. Like, I'm not I'm not discrediting. I'm not discrediting what they just done, but um, yeah, they definitely um, could have lost some games. Um, sure, for sure. Is like even this Super Bowl, like they were supposed to demolish the Bengals. I feel like, like it really just felt like the Bengals came to play too, though. Like that happened. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I I do I I definitely give merit to what you're saying. I'm I'm not trying to just like shut you down. I just as I get older, I try to look at at all sides of things. Um, uh, while we're talking, big shout out to Odell Beckham. You know, I was always critical when he was with the Giants and he was doing all his antics. A lot of it was because 
he was also torching us when he played for the Giants, and nobody likes that. And then you see all the crap he's doing on the sideline, and you're like, that's the guy that's beating us? Jesus. But you, you look at it, the redemption tour, man, he, he joined the Rams, and it was like, you know, I don't know if it was the grass was greener or, or beneficiary of playing with McVay, with Stafford, Cooper Cup. I, but no matter what, he balled out. And uh, I was sorry to see him get hurt. And I do think that MCL injury will be something that, like, it, like, if they did not make it back to the Super Bowl, I think it would be because you need more than just Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. If you look, that, that game did change when Beckham went out. And mm-hmm. I really thought in, in the back of my mind, as, as the Bengals made it close, I think they took the lead by just a, a small chunk or they tied it up. That missed PAT, I was like, oh, man, the missed PAT is going to come back to bite them. That's – that was my, my main thought when that happened because in my head, I look, well, not in my head, but I looked away and then I turned and I saw it was happening. And it wasn't until a little bit later, they showed the replay. I assumed that they tried a trick play. I didn't realize that it was just a botch hold. Mm-hmm. And once I saw it was a botch hold, then I really, it was like, oh man, this wasn't just a failed two point trick play type thing. This was a botch like that. That could be, that could be the difference. Who missed it? Um, gay, right? Matt Gay was okay. well, but I don't know that that's his fault because, like I said, the snap went. No, nah, I was just making sure you said the rounds because I I must have I, I missed that part. <laughs> Which team you it said missed PAT? It. And yeah. he missed the PAT, but he didn't miss it because of anything that was his yeah, fault. The was holder tried to turn the ball on the ground, and it just slipped out of his hands. And then he got up and actually was able to attempt to make a play, but it just you know he's a holder for a reason. So. Yeah, I mean, it happens. And I think both teams, they'll be back in the playoffs next season. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the Bengals may be in more danger because the Ravens and Steelers will be better next season. For sure. Um, you can bet that. Bad. Yeah. And, um, so, hey. yeah, the rest of the AFC will be on the come up too. So, yeah. Yeah, real quick, like, what do you th- what do you think, man? I was looking and and I didn't realize this. There's a list and I can name a few off the top of my head, but it's that whole, you know, it's 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 along the lines of the Madden curse and Sports Illustrated and blah blah blah, but it's saying that that whole thing like like with a Dan Marino or well, like with a Jimmy Garoppolo, etc., going to your first Super Bowl and losing, you never even make it back. And there's there's a, actually like a, a hmm. decent list of guys um Drew Bledsoe was on there, but he's the exception. I mean, I don't know how you want to count it, but he was no. with the Patriots. No. I mean, he was on the team. He just didn't make it back. No, that don't count. Okay. That's, I mean, that's the way I viewed it too, but I just want to put all the info out there. They should but, uh, a starter. Yeah. A starting quarterback. But like, something to think about. And then before we get off this topic, I just thought of this, and this would be perfect because for our listeners who we love you guys, check us out on all platforms, Eddie and Mike, the podcast. Love you guys. Think about what you think was the best Super Bowl so far, this one included. Your favorite, the best. They could be two different ones. One could be your favorite for one reason. One could be the best for a separate reason. Think about that. That might be something we discuss on an upcoming podcast using your feedback i digress that's that's a good one uh moving on to the next topic the commanders oh boy the washington commanders they have to win like if that name is going to stick they gotta win immediately 
just going to be another like negative mark and you know what i mean like like the bathroom that's already like tagged up and got all kinds of like mm-hmm. terrible stuff it's just going to be another like it's just going to be added crap is what it's going to be freaking commanders um but as you all know they're in the midst of a quarterback search so much has happened since last week and now Kyler murray's name is somehow on a list like they're not trading Kyler Murray. Like it's not happening. Um, not unless not, we give up way too much, which then obviously doesn't make sense. I'm not discussing uh, Aaron Rodgers trade. I'm not discussing a Derek Carr trade. I'm not discussing a Kyler Murray trade or Deshaun Watson trade. Those four quarterbacks are not happening for various amount of reasons. Those four quarterbacks are not happening. I noticed you left a name off that list. Oh, Wilson is still on in play. Like, I, I haven't seen or heard anything that makes me believe that he's out of, um, out of the runner. See, I'm of the belief that, uh, you know, that I, I wish I knew the expert and I didn't have time to look it up. He was on the Grant and Danny show. And he kind of, like, he kind of changed my mind. I don't know that we should spend the 11 pick on a QB. I, I I do like the idea of getting somebody that could potentially have a high ceiling and you could develop and then they could be with the team or you, you get the benefit of that rookie contract, you know, a lot of positives there, but there's not really anybody that wows me. You know, I, I do think Kenny Pickett is a, an awesome quarterback, but, you know, awesome in the context of, being on a team that he's familiar with as well as having weapons around him and a team that's set up for success. I just don't know that we're fully there. I think that we are headed slowly in the right direction. And I, and I think as awesome as um, this Malik Willis kid sounds, I'm kind of like also hearing that he's further behind uh, passing prowess than Lamar Jackson was at this point. So then that leads me to believe that maybe, you know, if we get if we get a Russell Wilson and then can draft, you know, one of these guys, one of these other guys who are in that quarterback class but not as heralded, maybe get them in the third round. And that could be the QB of the future, future potentially. Um, I just – all I know is I really don't want to give anybody up on the defensive line. So if we can just go three first-rounders for Russ, I guess, um, which would then change – everything that we're going to do in the draft, I would assume, but yeah. So for, for me, for me and with the quarterbacks, like the worst thing that could have happened was for Garrett Gilbert to come in and play the way he played versus the Eagles during that um, short call up week. Um, As far as I'm concerned, Every single quarterback that's played under Scott Turner since they've been in Washington has looked okay at times. Like, there's no quarterback that's came and played here that was absolute trash. Like, even Haskins had his days. Like, he threw for 300 against the Ravens. Like, even Haskins has had his time um, with the – um, I'm sorry. Even Haskins has had his time looking good in his offense. And um, 
the way I see it, I'm just like, look, if they if Scott Turner is signing off on the quarterback, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it because they produce. Like they might not produce as like an elite level or whatever. Like they might not look like Rogers or whatever, but they get the job done. So if somebody's telling him like you gotta find your quarterback, and if they identify that quarterback, rather it's Malik Willis, rather it's um Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, or even Carson Wentz, who I'm kinda intrigued in. Like I ain't saying that's my number one pick, but I mean I'll take the Bama. If it's him, Heineke, and the rookie, I can roll with that. Let the best man win. I, I, I mean, if we got Carson MVP Carson Wentz from what was that, 2016, 2017, something like that, before he right. got hurt. And like I said, if Scott Turner approves it, I'm with it. I think his offense has done enough, showed enough with these trash quarterbacks that they can still look passable. Like an ugly girl when you're drunk at the club or the bar or something. <laughs> barely smashable. The offense is barely oh, passable. Lord. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. So, yeah, I don't want to go anywhere near Wentz. Uh, I do think that the team is slightly more attractive then maybe people give credit for when you, you, know, you just take in the mess of the organization and, you know, the record the last few years. Man, I'm tired of being <laughs> modest. Hold on, hold on. I'm tired of being modest, young. Like, the team got some pieces. Yeah, they for sure. Trash. Like, I'm getting tired of people in the national media. Like, oh, the Broncos. And uh, I'm like, forget the Broncos. They barely beat us with their uh, with the quarterbacks we had last year. Like, nah, man, forget the Broncos. We're definitely more talented than the Broncos, bro. I I just am trying to remain optimistic, uh, but I just look at the the continuous botching of things like the name and the crest and like all this other stuff we're doing. I just I still trust Ron. But man, it it's just so tough, and I just I I don't even know that like if we do land a Russell Wilson, I don't even know that I'll be excited because in the back of my mind, I'll just think you know, it's Washington, it's the team formerly known as you know, like no matter what, and I hate that. I hate that that's that that's what it's come to, but you know, you can only take so much. So, still a fan, still gonna root for him. So I understand that aspect of it all. I am a trans person, if that makes that, if that makes any sense. Like I see trans patterns, okay, stuff like I don't know. Eventually, it's going to fall into place. Like nobody's not even asking for a Super Bowl. Like we just want a successful double-digit eleven, twelve win season. Well, like eventually, we want- it has to happen. We we want we want to to plant the seed that'll lead to a Super Bowl, you know. I I I love that the Rams were able to add to to what they had built with you know some of the guys they drafted, 
you know, but then going out and getting a Stafford, getting a Von Miller, getting a, a Jalen Ramsey, just I don't think they're gonna have a first round pick for like the next three or four years. But uh, 2024. There you go. There you go. So I understand they showed that you can do it that way, but you really got to have the right combination front office and players already in your locker room to add to before you do that. So for us, we're have we're going to have to keep building through the draft, which I think we've done a good job of the last several years, but I, I, I do want a Super Bowl. I, do I want it right now? I mean, yes, I do, but being reasonable, that, that's just not going to happen. We, what we have to do is continue to develop. What I do worry about is between the draft and then just overall QB need, there's other teams that I just feel like, and this, and this is where us being a mess really hurts us. There's other teams that I feel like are going to be more attractive to these QBs just because of, like you said, you know, media bias and this whole, you know, the scandals and the owner and everything. Now, maybe – Maybe some things happen for the better that make us appear to be a brighter landing spot. But I, I truly think that the Broncos are, are sitting pretty. I think the Steelers are as well. I could, I could easily see Rodgers going to either one of those teams and then Russell Wilson going to, going to the other. The Steelers are the only team I'll give a, I'll say are significant, not even significantly. They're just a better situation than Washington. Okay, so and now me, of course off the field we're the worst. Like that's not yeah. but but let me let me make a little case here for the Broncos. And it's not that I'm, you know, putting on a Broncos hat and I'm a fan, but their defense is still pretty solid. You got a Jerry Judy, a Noah Fant, Ken Hamlin, you got some young pieces there. Javante Williams looks really, really impressive for someone who started off as a linebacker in high school, I believe. Uh so and and it's it's Denver. It's it's a, a beautiful place. They I'm just I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's it's one of them hipster towns where they got a lot of people, a lot of people with money that want to go to see Broncos games. And DC not well, the fans not going to see um see that's the thing. You they're come to DC and there I'm are people you. with money, but they're not they're not coming here to be Washington fans. They're coming here from Pittsburgh, from Philly, from because the team trash. from Boston. Well, that too, but it, the team could be good, and those people would still be here, Mike. But it'll so, like come on, that, like, and that, you, don't fall for the trick, bro. Don't fall, nah. You've seen FedEx Field when the team has been successful. You remember that Sunday night football game in 2012. Yeah, FedEx was rocking. If you give the team, if you give the fans something to cheer about, they'll be there. The city loves the team, bro. Like the city really loves the team. And um, the Broncos was ranked twentieth in DVOA and defense, and Washington was twenty seventh. So, and we know the issues that Washington had when it came to COVID and injuries and all that. Like, like I said, I ain't buying it, man. That's fine. Hey, and we're not going to agree on that. Coach. We, I don't even know who the heck their coach is. That's a good question. Come on now. Like, stop playing with my manders like that. <laughs> you know, it was funny. You'll enjoy this joke. Uh, on the uh, J.P. Finley and B. Mitch, um, I'm driving home listening to him, and this guy calls in. You know, the, the, the theme of the question was, uh, what, what would we call ourselves like? You know, you just said the Manders, um, which I'm fine with. That's that's 
kind of both funny. Oh, we're not no. fine with that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're not fine with that. I got to go back and talk. Nah, to but no, seriously. So this is, this is what the guy said. He basically wanted to say that, like, the Nationals, Nats, it's not Nats. It should be Nash, you know, if you're, if you're you know, correct English. So what? what he said is, all right, but hear me out. Hear me out. Look, it's just – he, he even said this. He was like, you got to ride with me on this one. So he said, if you listen to the way most people say commanders, they're not saying C-O-M. They're saying C-A-M. And the humor was JP said, look, when he said it's not C-O-M, I got really worried about what's going to come next. I mean, you, those of us with a, with a very mind kind of put that together real quick. I was laughing, you know, LMFAO in my car. I was, I I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, So just a little entertainment there. Shout out to the JP Finley B mid show. Uh, Like listening to you guys on the way home. Uh, Maybe one day Mike and I are there. Who knows, man, anything's possible, but uh, yeah. So I guess Mike and I disagree about Denver. Uh, Fingers crossed for dangerous Russell Sierra, whatever. Speaking of um, the Bamas, the Broncos, they are up for sale right now. Um, yep. Their owner passed a year ago or two years ago. Um, so the team is basically a trust right now. It's a bunch of the Bamas that own it. So because of that, and they're ready to sell it, um, there's no set price. Oh. Um, I knew there was another reason that I think Rodgers will go to the Denver Broncos. Oh, because of the legal marijuana? Daniel Hackett. Pretty sure he was the uh, offensive coordinator in Green Bay, if I'm not mistaken. I thought she was talking about the legal marijuana. I don't know why. Is that their coach, though? Hackett? Yep, Nathaniel Hackett. He just got hired. Correct. Okay, so that's why I know who the head their coach was. He just got there. Well, it kind of goes – in with uh, a lot of the stuff we were talking about with the Brian Flores thing, you know, all these, all these white guys, you know, whether it was their, their first go around or their 10th, 11th go around, they all were getting hired, you know, just snatched up quick. Meanwhile, Flores doesn't even get his interview when they are, when the giants already chose somebody else. And I, who knows if, if Belichick did all that on purpose, I mean, He's actually got good, deep connections with the Giants. You know, he used to be their defensive coordinator, world famous for uh, the way he utilized Lawrence Taylor, ran that defense to win Super Bowls for Bill Parcells. Like, owning the team is hard. Yeah. (laughs) Like, first of all, you got to be able to afford it. But then even when you run it, like, anything could happen. I I just saw a headline that um, David Beckham's – football team for MLS and their Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, they were hit with the stiffest penalty in MLS history, and I'm trying to figure out what the heck was this penalty. So I'm trying to find a little group here so we can check out who might uh, – ooh, fans want Elway or Peyton Manning to be some kind of group that purchases the team. I mean, Peyton made a ton of money, and it still is with all these damn commercials and TV shows he's doing. I, I maybe who knows? Um, Alec Gores, a chairman and CEO of a private equity for, firm. Uh, Are these the people that's interested? 
Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get an idea. Um, I think this is the guy I'd like for them to own it. And I know it sounds kind of god awful, just because I'm gonna say, just because he's a black guy, and I'd like to see him own the team. Well, like not because I'm some kind of reverse racist or something, but like you would want more context. I mean, you just say like, I just want this guy, so a box can be checked. No, because you know, all my life, like. I was shown things in a certain way. It wasn't until I got older and I could open my bleeping eyes and see things and be quote unquote woke to a degree, I guess. And it's just, you know, I I think it would be great for a league that is like 99.9% black for for there to be a black owner. You know, if it doesn't work out with the Broncos, fine. Um, But this is a chance for that to happen. So my man, Byron Allen, I think is who, I'm looking at here. Uh, oh, stand-up comedian at age 14 before building his own enterprise, founding entertainment studios in the early 1990s and purchasing the Weather Channel in 2018. That's where I recognize that Joker's name from. I think this is one of them things where, like, he bought the Weather Channel and everybody thought, like, that's a dumb purchase. And uh, then he, yeah, it just seems like he's just got his hand in everything. He's partnered with Sinclair to purchase Fox sports network. I mean, uh, yeah. So it seems like it might not just be him. He's, he's saying he's going to have some people, you know, they're going to team up might be like that JLo a rod thing with, um, can't remember was it the Mets. I think might be one of those, but well, it could it, it, be like when, um, when Jordan bought the Hornets, yeah, the minority owner, and he just swooped on in there. Yeah. Let me get the rest yeah. of that. that makes sense. So, you already know who's going to be the first athlete to be, like, majority owner of a sports oh, franchise. Yeah. Like, oh, we yeah. all can see it coming. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, it's uh, it's, it's going to be Davis Bertans. No, oh, my kidding. goodness. <laughs> I was trying to think of somebody random, and I just – I was like, let me throw this Joker's name out here. No, no, obviously LeBron will uh, own a team. I think Mahomes will get in on that too. He's making a ton of money. Um, I don't know that Brady would want to, but I just – you know, as we're talking, I can't remember the last time, like, in major sports, other than Snyder, when there was a change of ownership. All of these others have sort of been in-house change, so it's not really a change. It's just sort of like a, you know, um, bomber. You could think of bomber and that's LA a good one. when he took I, over. Yeah, I was more speaking specifically to the NFL, but Balmer is mm. actually a great point, and I do love it because Balmer to me epitomized what we wanted out of Snyder, someone with money that was willing to. Sp- Spend it, but you see Balmer like right there. He's 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 close to the game, and he's so positive, and he, he's excited like a little kid when they win. Well, let's not compare the intelligence of someone like Steve Balmer to. That was not where I was comparing. It was just simply the being rich, buying a team, using your money to. But it's a reason the Clippers. Better. It's a reason the Clippers' value has skyrocketed, and Washington's. Yeah. Is the commanders now? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, but um, I don't know, man. Um, uh, whatever. We're um, whatever. Hey, you know what? If if all this stuff is happening, um, which I wanted to mention, Mayor uh, uh, Mayor Bowser, Bowser, I always say her name wrong. She kind of put out like a little. Uh, I think it was on Instagram or a tweet. 
And in so many words, she essentially was saying that, like, we would love for the team to come back to D.C. and play in D.C. since they are, in fact, the Washington, formerly known as football team and now commanders. She would love for them to be in D.C., but she's not down with this thing that Snyder's doing where he's trying to, you know, avoid having to go to Congress and trying to do whatever he can to keep, you know, to keep the red tape, if you will, sealed. So like she can't she can't play it both ways. You either doing business with the man or you not. Like don't put all this nonsense out there, bro. Well, it sounds like what she's it sounds like she's kind of trying to like help to get him out. You know, I don't I don't know how she feels about the situation except for what she said there. And that's what I'm saying. It's not in her business. (laughs) But uh, we're going to be right back talking about the freaking IOC and their double standards. Um, I don't even know. Obvious, obvious even, like discrimination, pick and choose. But, yeah, we, we'll we get on that when we come back. Right. I don't even know the skater's name, but I haven't seen it so much this week, and we'll talk about it in a few. It's Eddie and Mike, the podcast. Yep. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back, peeps. So, IOC is doing IOC type things. Seems as though the Olympics has kind of just become an afterthought, which sucks because I know there's so many talented athletes from all over the world, not just in America that are really putting like essentially four, maybe more years of their life on display for minutes or seconds of of a competition that they train for. So I bring this up because as many of you probably know by now, there was a Russian figure skater. uh, Her name is Camila Valavia. I'm sure I said that wrong, and I do apologize. Don't line, I don't bro. say what I said. Don't get me the lion. <laughs> so, this girl tested positive for a banned substance, but for some reason was still allowed to compete. Now, thank the stars, she didn't earn a medal. And I, I am sorry to say that because I'm sure she trained hard, but the point is. She was kind of essentially given a free pass for a banned substance. When I say banned substance, I don't just mean like something you're not allowed to take, but something you're not allowed to take because it's performance enhancing. And the excuse was as lame as can be, something like I drank after my grandfather, which I don't know what the grandpa's taking performance enhancing, but you know, I digress on that one. And again, just given a free pass to compete. And I think every person, especially a person of color, when you factor in Russians look more like me than my buddy Mike, I think everybody was like, all right, so Shikari Richardson, if I said your name too, I apologize. She tested positive for weed. And look, let's be adults. I'm sure she knew that that was something she couldn't do. And if she tested positive, yeah. But marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug. And while I'm not big on excuses or sugarcoating things, 
know, there's a lot of pressure these athletes go under, and the, the, the girl's mom had just passed away. It, it's not like she Grandma. just went out at a, at a Travis Scott or a Drake show, or pick any music for that matter. It's not like she was out at some show and just being completely reckless and just doing this in front of everybody. And, and you know, she's not allowed to compete. And, and I just, it, it doesn't make any sense. And this is on top of the fact that, like I said, you think of the Olympics, it's this great big feat. It's, the, it's all of these countries coming to come together and competing, but still being respectful, friendly, and, and adhering to the rules. Everybody's on, on a, an even playing field or as even as you can get. But this isn't the first time it's happened. And, and it, it always seems to be some Russians. It, it, it's weightlifting or any other sport. Like it, It's almost like you expect it and you're numb to this, just like other things that are going on in the world. But I, I don't have much else to say. I mean, it's kind of all right out there in front. And I know a lot of you, uh, maybe without saying it, I mean, it is what it is. You say I'm brown nosing or kissing up to the black community because of one reason or another. I, I'm calling a spade a spade is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm pointing out, how I feel when I see something. And there are people who agree with me. I'm sure there are people who don't agree with me, but when it's, when it's out in the open like this, you know, I, like I said, I thank God that girl didn't get a medal because that would be a shame for people who competed and did it the right way. I, that's all I got. Mike emptied my clip. Like, I mean, what more I got to say? Like, no, I hear you. Even, um, like people always say, you always make stuff about race. You always make stuff about race. We didn't make this. <laughs> this happened. Like, We're talking about it. <laughs> like, like just like that video in that mall. Um, oh, where they only arrest the black kid yeah. when the white kid was starting everything, and yeah, like, and even the white kid was looking in disbelief. Like, uh, they really gonna let me go? Yeah, like. Man, like they pulled him off of the uh, black boy. So I'm like, come on. Like, I don't need to add one. Y'all see what it is. Um, Shakaya should probably, Shakaya should probably not say anything. I saw that she tweeted something about it. Um, We got you, cuz. (laughs) Like, no need to, no need to say anything. We got you. Don't. Yeah, one hundred percent. Don't give anybody anything, and it's not to like, 100%. like take away your freedom or whatever. But no, you know how people are. Like, no, this We're is your fight. This is your fight, but let us fight it for you. <laughs> Absolutely, we're we're using our platform to talk about whatever we'd like to talk about. Now, I know some people might laugh when I say platform. I mean, I'm just trying to be short and easy here. But, I mean, if this didn't happen, we wouldn't have it to talk about. And I'd be saying the same thing if it was in any other scenario. Cheating's cheating. And and the Olympics is supposed to be this sort of, like I said, this heralded uh, uh, tradition. I mean, like the Olympics is like the first sporting event. The Olympic, like way back in Rome and in ancient Greece and all that, that that's what this is supposed to kind of, that, that's where this came from. And it's not true and pure competition. 
when you got people taking horse tranquilizers and whatever else to get an edge. Wow. It is what it is. It's wild. Um, and what else is wild is the freaking Washington Wizards. Yeah, we got to talk about them. Um, Unfortunately. Tough loss to the Pacers on Wednesday night, only to turn around and play the um, Nets tonight at 730 uh, and look, don't sleep on the Nets. Now, I don't know what's up with the Knicks, but the Nets came back from a 28-point lead. And uh, Washington has been known to give up a lead or two here as well. I think for Washington, it, I think right now, it's just this season has been so crazy with the turnover and the injuries. And uh, uh, Wes Unsell Jr. being a new coach, I think right now he's just kind of – letting guys play and, you know, seeing what he's going to do with them next year. I think it was just the simple fact that Washington just wasn't hitting a lot of shots. Kuzma didn't have a great game. I didn't really see a lot of other uh, guys having good games, you know, whether it was uh, Neto. Um, I know Rory didn't even play. Uh, I thought Thomas Bryant actually had a pretty good game, and I saw him playing with some hustle and some passion, which was very refreshing to see, but he's one guy, and he's – still kind of trying to, you know, get his feet back underneath him. So. It just feels like it's been two separate seasons, bro. Like, even two separate teams. Yeah. <laughs> like, my trans gone. Ben Whitty gone. Bertans gone. Holiday gone. Like, Porzingis is here. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um. Uh, we're a game within the playing game, I think. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Almost, I feel like that's that's like a bad thing. Somehow. Oh, it definitely. I know, not, I know it's. I know, like in actuality, it's not. But man, I just don't know why I, I view that as a negative. And it's like it just it, it ought to give you a reflection of of the the time that my life and time is a. a as a DC sports fan as a whole, but especially in regards to the Wiz, because I really, I, I don't know if it's ego or what it was that wasn't working with the group we had. Mm. But man, like early on, like Mike, you were right there with me. I, we were getting you back to being a Wizards fan. We were getting Mike out of Wizards hibernation. And it, I mean, somehow it just boomeranged. Like it just, like you, you came out for a little bit and we're like, oh, this is nice. And then something fell, a, a raindrop somehow. No, no, I'm going back. Like you went back in the cave. And that's like, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. This is like, it's pathetic because no disrespect to Indiana, but other than Halliburton, I mean, you, you had got, you had O'Shea Brissett. And while Washington's a popular name, it wasn't Isaiah Wash. It was like, I had never heard of some of these people. And these guys were out there sharing the ball. They're hustling. Like, you know, Buddy Heald plays for them as well. He was part of a trade. Him and Halliburton came from Sacramento, which might be good for them because I don't know what's up with Sacramento. They're worse than we are. I mean, thank God there's somebody. But, uh, bruh, yeah, the Pacers are the Pacers are 20 games under four, uh, 500. They're 20 or 40. <laughs> I think the, the Pacers are in a – and I'm not making excuses for him, but I think Malcolm Brogdon's an awesome player. He's mm -hmm. been dealing with some sort of Achilles thing. Then you pair that with 
it seemed almost like they went too hard with the big man situation where they have uh, an O'Shea Brissett and a Demontis Sabonis and a Miles Turner and a lot of these guys that kind of do a similar role. Now, I think Turner was a little bit more of a face-up uh, ball player than, versus Sabonis being a post-up guy. But I, I thought that team on paper kind of was kind of nice, you know, when Brogdon's healthy, Brogdon and Sabonis. But they're, they're blowing that team up, and that team blew us up. They, they gave us a whooping. So um, it looks like the Wizards will be entering the All-Star break at 26 and 32. Right now they're 26 and 31. I don't think they're going to beat the Nets tonight. I have no reason to believe so. So um, what are you going to do? They'll be on the lottery. They're not making the playoffs. Well, luckily for us, Kyrie Irving's not going to play because of, you know, the earth being flat and whatever else. Um, No Ben Simmons either, no Kevin Durant, no James Harden because he's traded. So you're looking at what should be a beatable team, but it's the Wizards. Nah. They still got some hitters. They still got Allridge and Seth Curry and Brown and Mills. Andre and, Drummond. And Blake. <laughs> and Yeah, you said Drummond already. And then they got the rookie that killed the Knicks two nights ago. Um, yeah. Don't sleep on them bounders. They're going to crash us tonight. <laughs> um, I'm done, bro. You got something to say about the Caps, man, because I'm just done. Like uh, you know, the, the, the Caps are kind of falling in a, a little bit in line with the other D.C. teams here. You know, you, one step forward, three and a half steps back. I see um, the, um, in the, wild, the top of the wild card spot, though. Well, yeah, I mean, they're a talented team. And, they, you know, like I said, they, they get enough wins. And what's crazy about hockey is if you go to overtime, you get a point. Mm-hmm. So even though they they lost in overtime, you still get that one point for going to overtime. It's just the other team gets an extra point. So those points do add up, just like numbers. Um, so last game against the Predators, I believe uh, Barry Trotz is still the head coach there. So it's kind of a cool thing where you you know it's, it's I wish he was still here with us, but you don't want him to go somewhere and be successful. So getting a win against him, I'm sure that was nice for the players. You had Ovechkin with two goals, um, just continuing to edge closer and closer. I believe he is climbing up on Yamir Yager, who for a time played for the uh, Washington Capitals. I'm trying to look up the exact amount of goals he has now for career, but it's just insane when you you think about him and Sidney Crosby coming in together. And while Crosby has a ton more assists than Ovi, I mean, Ovi is just dogging Crosby in in career goals. So, um, yeah. Big big win against the Predators. They got the Flyers tonight. So it's uh Yeah, right now you got Ovechkin at fourth with 752. Yamir Yager has 766. Gordy Howe, 801, and Gretzky, 894. So you gotta figure he'll probably catch Yammer uh Yager. I like I don't know what it is, Yammer. He'll probably catch Yamir Yager this year, but then that'd be the last guy he'll catch this season. 
So it, it's awesome. It's it's fun to watch. It'd just be really cool, like I said, if we could get him at least one more championship to really just complete that career because he's done everything. But just someone of his stature, I feel like he deserves more than one Stanley Cup. You just cut like just you're that good, and you only got one. Like, you know, same on the Canadians, the Montreal Canadians. These mamas only got eight wins, bro. What the heck? It'd be like that sometimes, homie. It'd be like that. Who knows, man? I mean, maybe we can get a big win against the uh, the Flyers. They they seem to have our number. I don't know if it's style of play some sort of familiarity or what, but they seem to have our number and it just I'm calling it. We're gonna clap their heads tonight. We're gonna to Oh boy. Well we're 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 gonna do it with no uh Vanacek and gold. TJ Oshie's still out. Uh Backstrom's back. I don't know if uh Manta is playing. He was kind of underrated for us. Because <laughs> it's just hard to keep up man watching all these other games. And all these other sports. So doesn't look like he's playing yet. He might be on injured reserve as well, although I didn't see it. But you know, when you factor in the koozies, the backstroms, the OBs, Tom Wilson, uh yeah, the Cap's still got a squad, man. So like you said, anything's possible. Anything is possible. I mean uh, words to live by. All right, yeah, how we gonna dip up on out of here? Um Gonna holler at y'all next week. Talking about who knows, maybe Washington will make a trade by then. Um, I'm glad we went a show without talking about the case of Snyder and all that. Oh, but did you hear about what happened with Jerry Jones? You you know what's crazy? You know how a lot of that stuff happened? Mm-hmm. A fan. A fan wrote to like uh, the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, legal authorities. And I didn't realize this because I do love the NFL and I like to like see some of this stuff about who they're going to draft. But this guy sat and watched just video footage from the draft, like of the team in their war room. And he noticed that um, Dar, Dar Ample, I think is the, the guy's name that used to be with the team. Mm-hmm. And he noticed that he was taking um, – pictures up the skirt of uh, I think it's Jerry Jones's daughter or granddaughter or whoever it was and that's on top of these other allegations and uh, you know there's a lot of banter on the internet oh well Washington uh, Washington didn't pay off these guys as well as Dallas did because there were some um, what, what do you call those like like basically hush money handed out quite a quite a nice amount as well but um, yeah, I mean, not nice to know. I don't want to say that, but, you know, sometimes it makes you feel a little bit better when it's you're not the only organization that has this problem. But it's also that much more embarrassing that in today's world where men who probably just as many have daughters as they do have sons, and this is how we're treating women. It's, it's very Stone Age. Wow. I'll let y'all next week. Uh... Take care, guys.